Christian. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And hello, everyone, and welcome to a program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with our co-host, Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live from for our program. And we thank you for being part of this program as you follow us on the different networks, whether it's Pray.com or social media, Facebook. We'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us as well. Today's program is one that we have titled Fallen Cherub as we look at Ezekiel chapter 28. So we invite you to get your Bibles ready and a pen and something to take notes so that you can be part of today's study. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for this study as uh, we're revealed uh, how Satan operates behind the scenes, Lord, and uh, using Tyre as an example there in Ezekiel 28. Uh, so Lord, uh, reveal the hidden mysteries that you have for us to understand so that we might be better servants of you in this dark age. We thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into the Truth We Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, our message for today is titled Fallen Cherubs as we look at Ezekiel chapter 28. So I want to invite you to join us for today's study. But before we do so, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, what a wonderful study so far. It has been, man. I am really fine. I've always found the book of Ezekiel to be fascinating because it reveals so much about what the Lord is going to do, uh, both in history prophetically as well as the future. Uh, wow. Wait till we get to Ezekiel chapters 36 on. That's really impressive. But right now, as we're in Ezekiel chapter 28, we're going to learn a lot more about Satan, which is uh, a, kind of a dangerous subject. Uh, if I can remember back in my Bible school years so long ago, my Bible uh, Doctrine One professor gave us a warning when we got to the subject of angelology, which is a study of angels and demonology, obviously the study of demons. He said that it's not good to dwell long inside the study of demonology because it can suck you in into a very dark place. So Vic and I aren't here to suck anybody into a dark place, but we go where the Bible goes. And since we're going through the book verse by verse, clearly, as we get to this passage, we're going to learn a lot more about Satan and who our adversary really is. Isn't it true that if you want to know uh, how to have the victory, you need to know your enemy? And so we're going to do a little study into the history and the uh, life of Satan so we maybe understand how the Lord is going to defeat him one day and how we can deal with him in this world today. Well, Nathan, that's a very good point. You know, any anybody anybody that goes into battle, they study their foe, their opponents, to learn their weakness, to learn how they operate, to be able to defend themselves against it. So there are some aspects of spiritual warfare of the enemy that we do need to learn and study. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. And that we started looking in our previous program that we titled The Spirit of Tyre. Nathan, for maybe someone who's new to the program, how might they be able to get a hold of those resources in our past programs? Absolutely. Well, if you just joined us on the Truth Will Set You Free podcast, you probably join us either on Pray.com or Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, through our RSS feed or through our website at ChristinProphecy.org. So we welcome you. If we're on another platform we don't know about, 
then please write us through our Christ and Prophecy Org website. I'd love to know how these are being shared and uh, uh, how we can reach out to more people with the, this good news message that Vic and I have for you. Uh, so, But we want to invite you to check out Lamb and Lion Ministries. Uh, we're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We are living in the end times. The Bible uh, shows it through the signs of the times, and so that means Jesus is coming soon. So we want to warn as many people as we can, as quickly as we can, to get right with the Lord before he returns and the whole world descends into this dark age called the tribulation that comes afterwards. So uh, check us out, ChristInProphecy.org, or download the Lamb Lion app. Fantastic. Get a hold of these wonderful resources. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing that because we want individuals to be able to get the full story here and also the the, the uh, teachings uh, through the book of Ezekiel chapter 28. In our in our previous program, Nathan, we were uncovering some very important facts about Lucifer, Satan, the people didn't really know. You shared for us how he was this amazing angel. He was a worship leader. Uh, and, and the Bible then told us uh, in Ezekiel chapter 28, uh, the pride uh, really was what brought, brought Satan down. Uh, uh, right, Nathan? Riches and all those kind of things. So for so a quick recap, in case someone wasn't part of our last program, might you be able to give us a little more insight into that? Certainly. Well, through Ezekiel chapters 26 through 28, we've been learning about the city of Tyre. It's a, it's a, at the time, uh, Ezekiel writing this about 600 B.C., Tyre and Sidon, which is in today Lebanon, were mighty city-states, uh, big uh, traders on the Mediterranean Sea, very rich. Uh, but they uh, spurned Israel and Judah, and they rejoiced when Babylon destroyed them. And so the Lord said, because you're laughing at my people, I'm going to destroy you. And he did. Nebuchadnezzar turned his armies on Tyre, destroyed the inland city. And then many years later, by 332 B.C., Alexander the Great came and the other half of Tyre was out on an island. Very hard to get. And uh, as if you listen to the previous podcast, Vic and I told you about the exciting epic war between Alexander and the king of Tyre. And uh, Alexander destroyed them. But it's interesting, when we get into chapter 28, the Lord says, well, you're just a man, you thought you were a god. And many people who are in great positions of power and wealth, it goes to their heads, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. But then it's interesting, because then you get into chapter 28, verse 11, and it switches to God addressing the power behind the king attire, and that's Satan himself. And we read about how Satan possessed Judas, who betrayed Jesus, who possessed the Antichrist one day. And at this time, it seems he was possessing the king of Tyre. So the destruction of the king of Tyre was also meant to be a punishment against Satan himself. And as Ezekiel is giving us this prophecy about the destruction of Tyre, we learn a little bit about who Satan was back before he fell when he was a cherub called Lucifer. And Nathan, thank you for that wonderful recap. And there are certain things that we're going to be looking at here that people maybe never thought about Satan or Lucifer, as, as we mentioned before, that today we paint this hideous picture of this guy with a thorn, a red, uh, a red cape, if you will, dressed in red with, with horns and a pitchfork and hideous looking. But according to Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 28, it paints a different picture. It says that he was a cherub. He was the anointed cherub. In other words, uh, this he was the elite one, but yet the downfall was that iniquity 
was found in his heart. So we want to we want to invite you to join us in reading as we pick it up there in Ezekiel chapter 28. And we will look at verses 16 uh, through 19 in case you do not have a Bible. Nathan, would you be able to read for us chapter 28 verses uh, 16 uh, through 19 for us? Absolutely. But first, uh, just, just real quick after verse 11, we learned that Satan was not like Vic said, this hideous creature, but one of the most beautiful creatures, if not the most beautiful creature God ever created, covered in jewels. He was full of wisdom. He was perfect in beauty. Uh, he was uh, considered a like the choir, the worship leader of the heavenly choir. He was the guardian cherub over the throne of God until verse 15, iniquity or sin was found in him. So when we pick up with verse 16, we see this great being, Lucifer, the greatest of all the created beings, fall due to his own pride. And so we pick up verse 16. By the abundance of your trade, and you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitudes of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you. And I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. Nathan, what a descriptive passage. I, I mean, maybe this is new to some people. Maybe they've never read this before. Maybe maybe this never stood out of them. But it really paints a powerful picture here of, of who this, uh, this individual was, how he fell, why he fell, and things that we can learn from this. Right, Nathan? And, and this is why this passage is so important, because this is not talking about just the nation of Tyre. It's actually speaking about this individual that actually dwell in the Garden of Eden. And by the description here, we know that this fits Satan perfectly. Uh, so, Nathan, another uh, another uh, amazing description, uh, according to uh, uh, this verses that we read, uh, it says in verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. And uh, isn't that the truth, Nathan, that sometimes beauty can get to people's heads and then sometimes they might even think that they're better than others because of their beauty or because of certain qualities. And, and we need to be careful with that as well. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I just, it's funny. I just read a book recently. It was a, a thriller, a spy book, and a young woman who's supposed to be like one of the most gorgeous women ever runs away from her family because uh, she got pregnant out of wedlock. And everybody looked at her because of her beauty. They put her on a pedestal and she just couldn't live up to that. And so she ran away. And it seems like beauty at times, at least physical beauty, can be a curse. And a lot of times it corrupts people. They become the mean girls or the snobs or the the, the jocks as we know them. And the power goes to that. They feel like they're entitled to everything. And not all people, of course. And so, and but the real tragedy is in, what they're missing is they're, they're not cultivating the beauty within. You know, I think some of the most beautiful people that are, we see today are probably the ugliest people inside because they've continued to nurture the outward beauty, but their insides have corrupted. Uh, if I could throw an example, not to diminish her, but Miley Cyrus. 
a very attractive young girl, but inside just filled with wickedness and evil. And yet you've got these other people, uh, young Christian women, some might be kind of plain to look at, but inside they glow because they have the love of the Lord in them. They, they're full of grace and mercy. And brother, when we get to heaven one day and we're given our glorified bodies, when we have our internal beauty shining through our external beauty, I mean, I think some of the people that we think is eh, they're average looking or less, when we see them in heaven, we're going to be stunned. And we'll be shocked when we see those who are sentenced to hell, who were considered the beauties of our time period, are the most pitiful looking creatures ever. So it's so important, especially Christians, to work on the inner beauty. External beauty is a gift from God. Don't let it corrupt you. But internal beauty is is what God's looking at. That's what lasts. That's what goes beyond aging. You know, we're all going to lose our beauty. Uh, Steve Martin said, we're all beautiful when we're young. When we get older, we lose it. Brother, I'm losing it very fast. Uh, (laughs) Internal beauty, because that's what's eternal and lasts forever. Great, great point, Nathan. And, and, you know, it it is so true. And, and of course, you know, it's it's sad, but Hollywood today, the billboards, TV, it's all about the outer appearance. And and here we read in Scripture, what made Satan fall? It was the focus on that, that, the outer things. Now, I also know, Nathan, and I'm thankful because there's also wonderful, good-looking, beautiful people in the outside and inside because God looks at the heart and not the outer appearance. So that's that's also wonderful. God has blessed you and I with uh, beautiful wives outside and inside. And, and that's a wonderful thing. But it's sad for so many who just focus on the outer appearance that it gets to their head. And then, you know, like what happened to the to Satan here, they, they, they experience a great fall. And they and some people fall into depression. They start doing this whole facelift and tummy tucks and all this kind of stuff because they sort of lost sight of where true beauty comes from. So we want to talk to you today. Maybe you have been that individual. Maybe you lost your way a little bit. Maybe your focus has been off because of the influence of this world. Maybe you don't feel beautiful on the outside anymore because of competition. Well, we want to let you know that a relationship with Jesus Christ makes anyone beautiful from the inside. And that's what's most important. So don't focus so much on the external, but work on the internal, as Peter says, again, about outer appearance. So Nathan, what an opportunity, right? What a wonderful lesson for people to learn as we read Ezekiel 28. Oh yeah, oftentimes the internal beauty that grows and and nurtured will project into the becoming outwardly beauty. even some of the, the plainest people, when they have the love of God in them and the and the beauty inside starts shining through, it's like a, a woman who gets pregnant. You know, she she fills out, she shines with all the extra blood flow. There's a glow about her. You know, there is something about the inner beauty when God works on people that starts becoming the outward beauty as well. And unfortunately, you're right. Satan, getting back to Ezekiel here, was obsessed with his own beauty. He was the most beautiful creature ever made. He paled in comparison to God, of course, but he was the most, and he assumed that, well, if I'm the greatest of the created beings, then I deserve worship. And he started coveting God's worship, and he wanted it. Matter of fact, uh, we read in Isaiah about how, how Satan longs for to be esteemed above the nations and to be worshiped above all the, the even above God. 
And that's that's truly sad. You know, what's really sad, too, is when you read how how wonderful Lucifer was made. I mean, he was made perfect in wisdom and beauty. So he and he's a musical genius. I mean, absolutely supposed to be. But then you read about the fall and then what happens to Satan? So you get this this good being, Lucifer, who's corrupted by his pride. We read uh, in Daniel 7 where the Bible calls him in the Antichrist the little horn. He's described as a braggart and an egotist, a blasphemer of God. He's contemptuous of everything but himself, and he becomes a persecution, persecutor of believers. We read about him again in Daniel 8, and Daniel 8 says that he's also insolent. He's shrewd but horrifically deceptive. He's demonic in his nature. He's destructive. Everything he touches, he destroys, and he's willful against God. Now, we can read about him. He's called the willful king in Daniel 11, and it also adds that he's sexually perverted. Now, now angels and demons are not created to reproduce. Uh, Jesus said so, and so, uh, but they can possess people and then engage in perversion. I think that's why we're seeing so much sexual perversion now. It's demonic in nature. They're, they're very militaristic. They, they, they lust after everything. They want everything, so they use their force to get it, and they're very materialistic. It, they're trying to fill that emptiness. They don't have God anymore, so they try to fill it with stuff. And we can read that he's called the man of lawlessness in 2 Thessalonians 2. The depravity, the hatred of God grows so much that they, they become lawless. They, there's no moral law to them, no good to them anymore, until they literally burn themselves up. And God in his love and mercy and justice steps in and judges them and burns them in hell. And that is... That's a wonderful thing in, in respect. You know, people look at God and say, well, you know, he's being judgmental or, you know, why doesn't he show mercy? Well, he's shown mercy to allow a being like Satan over 6,000 years of corrupting influence. It, I long for the day when he's finally destroyed. Nathan, I, I saw, too, and I believe that day is coming because we believe the next agenda in the calendar, the rapture of the church. And when that takes place, everything else will 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 uh, will continue to tumble like a domino, according to prophecy. And that could very well happen soon where the enemy will finally uh, be put down. So I'm excited for that as well. And again, for those of you that maybe just tuned in, you tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones. Again, we'll look at Ezekiel chapter 28, a message titled Fallen Cherubs. So we thank you for being part of a program and tuning in. And Nathan, this is a fascinating passage because again, you and I are highlighting the reality of the spiritual warfare that is influencing governments and powers and principalities. And that also serves as a hindrance uh, to our prayer and purpose. And uh, Satan himself uh, uh, here was the one behind uh, Tyre and influenced it uh, with all his power and beauty and might. But yet God predicted the downfall and that's exactly what it happened. But Nathan, it also reminds me of the prophet Daniel. In Daniel chapter 10, we see also the hindrance of the spiritual entities behind powers and principalities. As Daniel was fasting and praying in Daniel chapter 10, he was seeking God. He was seeking mercies from the Lord for his people. He was fasting and praying. And as he was praying for certain things, the Bible clearly shows us that our prayers are spiritual, but there's also a hindrance. So sometimes you might be praying for something and it just doesn't seem like it's happening, but God is not breaking through. Well, let me tell you, 
don't give up, don't give in, continue to pray, because one of those examples we find is in Daniel chapter 10, and we see the influence of the of the spiritual world uh, against the physical world. And Nathan, there in, in Daniel chapter 10, it's just this amazing uh, 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 portion of scripture as Daniel is praying, and then God sends uh, uh, one of the uh, mighty angels, if you will, to his aid, but then the Bible describes an event that is very fascinating. Nathan, I think we have a little bit of time. Can we go to Daniel chapter 10 and look there at verses 10 through 15 in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Oh, I was hoping we oh, could. Uh, so this is very important. This is very it gives important. us an idea. It gives us an idea of what it's like to when Satan rules behind powers. And that right now, right now, Satan is behind one of the rulers of this world directly. Uh, you know, I. We, we read in Ezekiel, when we get to 38 and 39, God addresses the ruler of, of Gog and Magog, the, which we believe is the ruler of Russia. I don't know if that's Putin, but at the time of the Gog-Magog war, it will be. But the, the demonic activity behind them is a demon or an, an influencer called Gog. So we know there is a spiritual world. So yeah, brother, yeah, please. Daniel 10, uh, would you like me to read the first few uh, verses and you take the rest? That will be fantastic, Nate. If you want to do 10 through 14, that will be great. And I'll do, uh, then I'll do 13 through 17, excuse me, uh, 15 through 17. All right. So we're switching from Ezekiel to Daniel, which are, they're both contemporaries. He says, suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have become uh, because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days for the revision refers to many days yet to come. And then we notice verse 15, when he has spoken such words to me, I turned my face towards the ground and became speechless. And suddenly one having the likeness of the son of man touched my lips when I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, my Lord, because because of the visions, my sorrows have overwhelmed it and I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of the Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Nathan, this is another amazing passage as we see this the, the battle in the in the in the realm, the spirit in the principalities, in the hindrance, and it mentions these kingdoms like, like Persia. Uh, very similar to Tyre and all those in the time of Daniel, as well as in, uh, as as, as uh, we've spoken about Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, I mean, we're getting a little bit of a spiritual warfare here. So what's happening is Daniel, like Vic said, was praying and fasting. He needed he was requesting an answer, a prophecy from the Lord. And he was spent a few weeks praying. He's like, wow, you know, what's taking so long? Well, when Gabriel, the, the God's herald, finally showed up, he said, well, the reason I'm delayed is for three weeks is because the prince of Persia stood against me. Now, no human could stand against Gabriel. Gabriel is considered, uh, he might even be one of the archangels. I mean, he's one of the more powerful ones. He tends to, to be God's personal messenger. He brought the message to Mary and Joseph and, and all the major events of the Bible. But he was waylaid by the prince of Persia. So 
we're not talking about a, a, an actual person. We're talking about the demonic world that ruled behind the Persian, uh, what was becoming an empire at the time. And uh, Michael, who is the archangel, the top angel of angels after Lucifer fell, Michael became the top angel. It took Michael to have to fight the Prince of Persia. So it very well could be here is what we're reading is that uh, Daniel, who wrote a little later in Ezekiel, that when the Lord had Nebuchadnezzar destroy Tyre, that Satan's influence left Tyre and went to Persia. And he then became not just the king of Tyre, but then the king of Persia, the power behind the throne, so to speak. And uh, so that's fascinating that we're getting to see a little bit about how angels bat now how they fight. And the Bible doesn't say that we do know they carry swords. And so maybe there's physical fighting as well. But uh, clearly there's a war going on behind the scenes that bleeds over into the world of humanity. And, Nathan, and that's the point uh, excellent that you made, because, I, again, as we look at Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 12, as we read in, a, in another uh, segment that we did, it says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. So what we want to tie together here is for individuals to understand, to continue to pray for the government, continue to pray for our nation, recognize that there are spiritual ties influencing these people in power. It's not just the person, but it's the spirit behind the person. That's why we spoke about the spirit of Tyre and also this fallen cherubs, Satan himself, that sometimes visits and influences. And here in Daniel, we see again uh, this hindrance that came for his prayer. And it, it talks about the, the, the king of Persia. And it's talking about the spirit behind who was influencing that king. So Nathan, that's why the book of Ezekiel is so fascinating because it just brings about so many things that we sometimes didn't even realize, but Daniel experienced it and he spoke about it. Ezekiel spoke about it. Isaiah spoke about it. So it's all throughout the Bible that we see this mixture of spiritual warfare when, it, when we're talking about power and nations. Yeah, and it, it yeah. goes, what's going on in the world is being directly affected by the spiritual world that's going on out there. We wonder why in the world do our world's governments all of a sudden obsessed with forming a global government? Uh, why is is even pedophilia trying to be decriminalized? Why is everybody fighting for uh, homosexuality, which the Bible calls an abomination, and transgenderism and, and surgery on minors to, to change sex changes, crazy stuff like that? It's because evil exists behind our world systems, and our world system is ultimately controlled by Satan right now. Jesus won the title deed of the earth uh, on the cross. Uh, he earned it, I should say, but he hasn't come yet to claim it. And we read in the book of Revelation when he begins to open the seals to the title deed. That's the beginning of him coming to reclaim the title of the earth and to set up his kingdom on this earth and defeat evil. So, brother, that's what we look for. We look for that time when Jesus returns. He defeats Satan, the Antichrist and false prophet. He destroys his enemies and he sets up a kingdom of peace and righteousness and justice here on this earth. And brother, I think that's coming soon. And, and I, I agree, Nathan, and that's why we want to encourage any one of you that are part of this program today, because we see this gap of time closing, we believe we are at the door of the rapture. We don't want anyone to be left behind or to left uh, to be left out of this wonderful opportunity to start the relationship with Jesus. But the reality is we see signs of the times everywhere. Things are changing. Our government is changing. Our world is changing. 
And some of you are recognizing that something is happening or something is about to happen. Well, that's what the Bible describes. And we want to be ready for the Lord's return. And the best way that you can be ready is having a relationship with Jesus. You want to be on the right side and you don't want to find yourself on the wrong side. And that's the reason why before we close our programs, we always give an invitation because maybe there's someone tuning in for the first time who we believe is here by divine appointment. We do not believe in coincidences. We believe the Lord allowed you to turn your dial or turn on your computer or your mobile device and be part of this program because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. So we want to give you an opportunity to respond and come to Christ while there is still time. So Nathan, in the minute that we have left, might you be able to share with someone briefly how they can start that journey with the Lord even today? John 14, 16. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the only way to heaven. And only when we put our faith and trust in him do we accept that free gift that the Lord gives, his death on the cross for our sins. He beat death by resurrecting from the dead. And when we put our faith and trust in Christ, that victory can be ours as well. So pray from your heart if you don't know Jesus yet as your Savior. Uh, make right now the time where you say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against you. Please forgive me, Lord, and make become the Savior of my life. Thank you, Jesus. And he'll forgive your sins and he'll wipe away your guilt, and you'll inherit eternal life with him forever. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan, for the wonderful invitation. And if you pray that prayer for the first time and you open your heart to Christ, we would love to hear from you. You can call us or text us at 305-992-9537. We'd love to give you a Bible and a study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. And Nathan and I would love to celebrate with you. So we would love to hear from you, whether you are uh, on social media or pray.com, wherever you are, feel free to leave us a comment and let us know. And we'll continue to pray with you during the week. So Nathan, that is the highlight of our week, right? Being able to share the good news of Jesus with people. Amen. We hope you all are blessed. Amen. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we thank you for being part of today's program. Again, that we titled Fallen Cherub. We hope that you keep your eyes on the Lord. He's coming back very, very soon. He loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Big Batista saying, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you. Have a great day.